Welcome to the Jolf Man podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen and engage. I'm Neil Plummer and I am the Jolf Man, a name I seem to have picked up from children and teachers in primary schools. It's stuck and seems to fit well. I'm the host of this podcast and will be regularly looking to share thoughts and ideas about golf and in particular children and families' first experiences. Jolf's purpose is to provide accessible opportunities for children and their families in schools, the local community and at golf clubs to play golf independently, enjoy playing together and learn as they play. I hope you enjoy the podcast and please get, get in touch with your comments, feedback, thoughts and ideas. Right, Rob Newsom, it is lovely to have you on my podcast. Um, it, it is an honour to be on here, Neil. Uh, it's great to listen to you, an inspiration for me, so thank you. Early days on my journey on this, but after day two, and when you sent that WhatsApp message, it inspired me to think, oh, maybe somebody is listening, maybe somebody <laughs> cares, and um, let's carry on doing this. So we've known each other, I was trying to figure out how long it was ago when we connected way back when, when you were basketball coaching Brighton and Worthing and we were put together through a county sports partnership mentoring program, if I remember. Yeah, I, I want to say it was eight or nine years ago, maybe. Long time. I, I Long just time. come back from Iceland, right? Because I remember uh, I have two distinct memories. One of us on the golf course. Yep. And uh, and then one of us at, on the basketball court, actually, when you came to, over to Angering, where I was coaching, and we had some good conversations. Yes. So, and your journey since then has been wide and varied. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, I am from the UK and studied university there. After that, spent a little bit of time at home and then went to Iceland and came back to England, went to Vietnam Came back to England, um, you know, got myself married in Vietnam, came back to the UK, um, bought a house, had a child and then left again and went to Hong Kong. And that's where I am now and had another child. (laughs) Unbelievable. I mean, for me, I've spent all my all my years, all my formative years working and living and bringing up my children in one space. So to speak to people like yourself who have moved around and gone to different places is I find it amazing. I find, so, know, so let right. me ask you a question straight away: Is do you do you ever wonder about that? Like, does it ever niggle at your mind? Because for me, moving around so much, it worries me. You know about the effect that it's having on having on my children, and do we need to have this base, and do they have need to have a place that's called home so that you know they have some roots? Um, depends on what day of the week it is. <laughs> so you do. There you go. Yeah, I, I have some thoughts. My children, we're, we're very settled. We like home. We enjoy being at home. But I also wonder about the the opportunities for them to travel and see different things and be in different places and experience different cultures and different people, um, which I think can have a massive Im- Well, there's no doubt it surely has a massive impact on children's development. Mm, yeah. Because your, your children are younger, aren't they? My children are two and four, yeah. So people tell me I still have time to to settle down. You know, whilst they're young, it's not too bad. I think, you know, hopefully what I console myself with is the most important thing is that they have two loving parents who, who try to do their best. And that's, you know, really all we can do. It doesn't matter where we are. I think it's, a, it's an interesting point around that, you know, love, happiness, a settled home, 
um, and doing the best we can with the very limited rule book that we're given when we have these children. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the same, isn't it, for, you know, I mean, obviously this, this podcast is around people, it's around sport, it's around children, it's around families, and, you know, the fact that we don't have a rule book um, should be the exciting bit. We're not bound by any rules necessarily. Yeah, I mean, uh, they, they do say, don't they, that you, you they don't come with a manual, and um, that, that there are there are trends that you can sometimes you can notice when the kids as they're growing up they they sort of hit certain ages and then they do certain things. I mean, we have a name terrible twos for a reason, yeah. um, uh, but you know you can never really guess what's going to happen next. You, I have a lot of friends at the moment who have kids around our age, so they're all like six months one year three years five years and we have two and four so you're experiencing all the different ages and all the different experiences so the kid the, the parents that have twin one-year-old boys they're going through it you know they can't sleep their, their their lives are just a total mess right now and i'm trying to tell them it's going to be all right all of a sudden one day you're going to be okay but you know you go through a period of okay with the kids and then all of a sudden all hell breaks loose again. So you, you just can't really know when that's going to happen. You just got to be re- try and be ready for it. And I, and, I, and I think having a network of people to be able to talk to about those stages right. and about those things and, and know that you're, you're not alone yeah. going through those struggles, yeah. I think is huge. Um, we, 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 we're experiencing some, some quite interesting, um, you know, moments with my daughter who's 15 and, you know, she's fine. She's absolutely fine. But sometimes she drives us to distraction and to speak to other parents who have got children of similar ages. And they're, they're, they all have very similar traits. You know, they're, they're at a certain stage of their life. They're at a certain stage in their development whereby similar things will happen. So although they're unique in their own way, traits and, and, and habits and behaviours and reactions and things they say and things they do and the way they do things, um, it still drives me mad. Every day, driving. Around. It reminds me of uh, of a quote about cycling. I'm a little bit into cycling, and uh, I, I can't remember who said this, but uh, there's a that we have a couple of parents here who, who have younger kids than us, and they're you know they're asking us when is it going to get better? When is it going to get easier? And in cycling, there's this saying that says it doesn't get easier; you just go faster. And so I maybe with the kids, it doesn't get easier; they just get older. Um. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think you you just you know less. And then I spoke to people who've got children who've sort of started to leave home, and then they come back, and you know they cost you more money, and uh, it's never ending. It's never ending. Um, so I'm I'm interested. You know, basketball's your game. Basketball's your sport. Um, what's what's your? Where are you at with your basketball? Where am I at? Um, I I still love it. I think, um, but. You know, basketball for me, I got into the game when I was about 10 years old. And it's interesting that you talk about, well, your whole profession is about the first um, the first experience of golf. And so for me, my first experience of basketball was just playing it with my friend. We just went to a place a leisure center on a Sunday morning where it was just open. You could just go in there, you pay two pounds or something and you just go in and play. And that was my first experience, at least the first one I remember of playing basketball. Um, And I think that the game really got me after that. Uh, And and it 
as a kid, it was very, very important to me. Uh, it was a big, important piece of my life. And that I chased it, you know, as I got a bit older, I realized I wasn't going to be a great player. Um, but I recognized also that I had some abilities which could keep me involved in the game in, in coaching. And some other people recognized that as well, which helped me to get qualified very early as a coach and then kind of give back to the club that I was leaving when I was 16 years old. So I would go back there and, and coach in the mornings. So the game was really important to me as I was growing up, the game itself. Um, and that continued into my coaching career. And I got on this sort of path of going towards the generally accepted dream of all people involved in basketball and that is go to the top right so it wasn't necessarily as a player it was as a coach I was going to try to coach at the top level but in 2009 uh, I found myself in a in a professional basketball situation I was the head coach of a professional team uh, the youngest one in the league and I was kind of on my way but the person I was involved with there quickly reminded me that actually you're not quite where you think you are uh, and it's a kind of a long story but he planted a few seeds there which made me realize that it's not actually the game that I love because I love a lot of different sports and people like different sports for different reasons I don't actually think it's the sport that people love it's the people that you're around it's the experiences that you have and the the sport is the vehicle like we were you know we were kind of discussing a few days ago the sport is the vehicle for uh trying to learn more about yourself and um so as i get a bit older basketball the game itself and the skills and the tactics they become a little bit less important to me uh, it's more about the people that are playing and what can basketball allow us to do together yeah, when you sent that across last week and I commented it on a, I think it was on the throw some fire on, throw some logs on the fire. Um, that, I loved. I love that. I love that whole, just where that comes from, I love. And I think the intention behind it, yes, we meet through basketball or we meet through golf, but actually it's that social experience we have. It's that physical experience we have. It's that, you know, it's and I call it that sort of golden moments, um, you know, the golden moments that we pick up and that we cherish and we will remember forever and ever and ever. And it's those sort of things that you as soon as you start adding up a few of those golden moments, well, suddenly, as you said, you're hooked and you want to do it more. And for, for me as a coach or for me as presenting a sport or an experience to children and families, once they've had a number of those golden moments, our job is done. Our job as far as where we situate right, ourselves right. is done. And, and and even just saying that, it makes perfect sense now because I've positioned ourselves as providing the very best first experience of golf. But it's not just one experience. It's those first experiences that create the love and create the hook, like you said. And then it's down to you as an individual to do with that, do with that what you want. On you go. You're, you're done. You're ready. You can now follow your. Yeah, own I path. think you've placed yourself in an interesting position there. Uh, it was it was good listening to you um, talk with your colleague a few days ago, who who seems to be he has a slightly different view 
uh, on that. Like he doesn't just want to let anybody go, right? He wants to be involved a little bit more as people as they grow up. These players and and so why is it interesting what you're doing? Because there people work in different ways and have different passions and they can fit in in different places in each of these games or sports and come into people's lives at different times. So uh, it's really uh, been fascinating to listen to you uh, on this podcast and see how you've gone to where you've gone. And, and we were just talking before we came on here about it wasn't that you saw a gap in the market and you decided you want to be a coach of the the kids as, as they have their first experience of golf. That's actually what you're passionate about and what drives you. And that's that's beautiful because, you know, behind your work is all of you. You're, you're putting everything into it and, and you're on display like every time with the with the people that you work with. And I, and I think it's something which I challenge a lot of people to do. It's that constant questioning and that constant critique and that constant sharing and, you know, constantly evaluating where you're at. And I, and I sort of talk about what ne- what now and what next. Now, it's not that I'm in a rush to get anywhere, but I'm constantly, you know, that experience we delivered yesterday. How could it be better? What was good about it? What did people enjoy? What did they not enjoy? Where can we go? And, and, and you know, we're always challenged as coaches to, you know, find our why, you know, the Simon Sinek, you know, finding your why, finding your passion and then following that. But easier said than done. Oh, absolutely. Easier absolutely. Said than I mean, I, I read um, the book by Paolo Coelho called The Alchemist uh, many, many years ago. Have you read that book? No. Okay, so I, I, if I was you, I would read it. It's for me. It was very inspiring. Many years ago, I read this book, and it and it's it's about this exactly. You know, following your passion and not not get getting close to it as we all do. We all at some point get close to uh, fulfilling our mission, but most of us, almost everybody, gives up just before possibly it's going to happen, or you know, there's still some work to do. And the pressure gets too much and we say, you know what, I've got to, I've got bills to pay. I've got this to do. I've got that to do. This is not the right time. It's time to give up. And, uh, you know, this is what the book is about. So uh, I read that book a long, long time ago. And it's that stuck with me uh, for, for since, ever since. Don't give up. No, no. We, I, there's no way, you know, there's no way. Everything that consumes me, I mean, I think, I, I don't know whether I've shared, I haven't shared this in the podcast, but we've had nearly, come March, we'll have had nearly a year from not doing the work that we would normally do. And, you know, we've had some support and whatnot, which has been tremendously helpful. And I was able to take the opportunity to do a little bit of painting and decorating in September, um, which was fine and cathartic to a point. And, but, not the way I would necessarily personally choose to spend my days. Very interesting. Um, and, you know, but what, wanting to be out there in a school environment, talking to coaches, talking to parents, talking to teachers, delivering to children, um, that's what I get up and think about. Um, and it's not going to be for everybody, but then, you know, once we start to put that together and following that passion, ignition, that's it all consuming so i wonder you know i wonder whether people should you know play their efforts into things that are all consuming do that maybe but then again i'm reminded of 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 another saying which if you can't love what you do 
Um, yeah, yeah. It's also pretty powerful, right? I mean, for me, situation, just go for it and and throw all the eggs in one basket. And uh, but to be happy where you are and contented and present is a gift. And uh, even there are people following their passions that aren't very happy. Uh, so I don't know. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to listen back to this one because there's some interesting reflective piece here that I'm sure won't come out now. But like I said, with this podcast, it's, it's a, it's a reflective review piece for me as hopefully it is for other people just to think, hmm, time to ponder. I do like to, I do like to have a ponder. I do like to sort of throw things out and ponder on it or write Think about that the next time it. you're painting your living room, you know? Oh, you don't if you can't lo- if you can't do what that. you love, love what you do, man. I mean it's uh, you know, you're you're being an artist then. That's your your chance for expression in a different way. <laughs> yeah, I will definitely think on that. That's that, that's a good one. Man. That's a really good one. So so what does the future hold for Rob and, and your family? I don't know, actually. Um, I, I hope that we move toward a simpler, less complicated, more happy life. Um, so that's it. And uh, that's difficult because I've always been very, very driven. And, uh, you know, like I told you, it's my, my, my professional life has always been about trying to be sort of successful and be really good at being this basketball coach and and this kind of thing. But um, I've slowed down a lot in the last couple of years. My kids have really helped me to do that. Um, They really force you to be patient. And uh, that's been really helpful for me. So whatever we do professionally, um, as a family, I just, for me, I would like to enjoy that as much as possible and you know that's quite hard sometimes you know that we you know if you're a mom or a dad it's hard to enjoy it a lot of the time uh, because it's it's quite difficult it's challenging um but there is there is real value in slowing down and paying attention and you know i I try as much as i can at the moment to just watch my kids sometimes because it's really funny and it's entertaining and they're, they're, you know, the world is unfolding in front of them. And it's, uh, it's fascinating to watch a two-year-old and a four-year-old interact with each other and, and learn and take the things that they've learned and try to, you know, try them out in situations. Like my son right now is, you know, he's, his speech is really developed. He, he's really, he can talk and, and, he, and he knows how to put sentences together and he can really hold a conversation. And then every few days, He'll throw out a phrase or a word that I know that he's heard a bunch of times and then he just tries it and he doesn't know that he's putting it in the right place, but he goes for it. And I love that. It's like, you know, he, he, they're not they're not afraid of making a mistake. And, um, you know, that's that's just, you know, to, to maybe go back to that question is try to appreciate that as much as I can. I think I think I mean, that is. That's a really interesting point, both from whether it be a parenting or, you know, if we were to bring it back to some sort of coaching, you know, children playing the sport perspective, that idea of observing and watching. 
and I've often used the term, you know, if, if you're in doubt of what to say, if in doubt, say now, <laughs> you know, do nothing, just watch. Because um, I think as adults, we're often always wanting to add commentary, add something to that experience of the children. Um, and that's definitely been, I've, I've tried to formalise it or get it right in my own mind a lot of times with the sort of coaching approach of if in doubt, say now. But it's not, you're not, it's not that you're not doing anything. It's just that you're actually observing taking in watching what's going on piecing it together where are they at where might they go next if i do have an interaction here how can i enhance that interaction well actually probably a lot of the time we can't so therefore if we can't en- enhance the experience keep out the way yeah i i, I as you're saying this I, I would i would maybe even add something else as you observe see if you can observe without predicting what is going to happen and creating a commentary about whether it's right or wrong good or bad and how you you know like like you just said here um if in doubt say now but also if you're not going to say anything out loud notice whether you're saying something in your head because i think that uh, certainly me this is my experience and i've heard alan keen speak about this alan keen is a uh, uh he's a junior national team coach um in basketball in england that works with the reading rockets very good coach a well-respected coach who's, who's a forward thinker and he talked a lot about observation and asking questions and i heard him recently talking about challenging himself to ask questions not knowing what the answer is that he wanted to hear actually to ask a question and this is something a lot of us do as coaches is we ask questions with an answer already in our head and we pretend that we are being forward thinkers and you know progressive coaches but actually we're just manipulating the situation instead of just telling them what to do and people think that we are old school (laughs) well so so what am i saying I'm i'm saying what you know what what me and you saying you're saying observe if in doubt say now but also observe yourself as you're observing are you trying to uh you know assert yourself as a great coach whilst being quiet or are you actually able to watch people play and be open to a new experience because that is where the unknown is and, and where, pe- where where we can actually learn something. If you're ready to say to yourself, it's possible I don't know what's going to happen or I don't know the right answers and let's see what happens and really, really um, try and make an effort to get to that place because it's, uh, yeah, you never know then. You really actually truly never know what will happen. And as a coach, for me, this is exciting. Yeah, I mean that's that's that sums up a lot. And and and, and 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 again, the only thing I would probably add, if I was able to add, is that watching and observing without judgment, without agenda, and also I think one of the things that you you mentioned without mm-hmm. labelling. I think often we we have to label good, bad, right, mm. wrong, yes, no, rather than that's mm. interesting, that's really interesting. What I've just seen there. Why, why did that happen? How did that happen? What does that look like? And, you know, maybe, and like you say, without judgment. So there's been something I've been wanting to ask you as I listen to your podcast. It's about being an expert. 
you know, because you seem to have this thing about being an expert. And here we are saying, uh, maybe it's a good idea to just observe and see what happens. So why is it so important to you that you are an expert in some of these things? Or is it important to you? It's becoming less so, actually, even after throwing that out last week. Um, and, and so it was writing or putting together these words for this book or this guide or this piece of work that I'm doing. What makes me the expert? Why should people listen to me? Um, and that's what's been bouncing around in my mind. Why should anybody take the time to listen to this podcast or read what I've got to say? Um, and that was what I was looking at. And, and, and I then sort of differentiate between an, an expert, a person with an, who is an expert, maybe through the eyes of others, and then levels of expertise. And so areas of which I know stuff and, it, and I'm still exploring it, to be honest. And I think, like I said before we started today, one of the reasons and rationale for me putting this stuff down is just getting things mm. out of my head in a way that I find easy, which is talking rather than writing, um, to then be able to explore it with yourself, explore it on a bit of paper, explore it with the next person along. That's been the fascination of it. And, you know, I think you could put it into Google and you could find reams and reams of scholar articles around expertise. There's stacks of information, but I don't think it's as valuable as talking about it or thinking about it or finding finding out their own best, best answer for oneself. But it's for me, it's around this piece of work that I'm doing at the moment is what makes me qualified. Um, and that I, th I think, as I said, one of the reasons is because I care and I love doing it. And that's why I'm going to do it anyway. And, you know, we'll pick people up along the way who care as well. Yeah. I, I mean, listening to you talk about being an expert, I was I was kind of thinking, does he is he is he trying to justify himself a little bit? But when I listen to you on the podcast, one of the things I really like is that you don't seem to mind whether people are going to listen or take note or you know connect with you or not you are simply doing what is right for you which is putting your thoughts into a, a different medium which helps because when you when you think a lot of stuff if you're in your own head a lot of the time it can get pretty intense right and if you're not able to talk yep. to people and interact with others and bounce ideas off other people it can get the pressure can get too much and that's how people, you know, kind of get into bad situations because they're thinking about all these things and then they can't talk to anybody. Um, but you found a medium which allows you to take those thoughts, throw them out into the cosmos and just see what happens. And it, it doesn't matter if you're an expert or not. I think you, what you've been talking about your experience so far is that you put this stuff out there and somebody's coming back to you. You know, you hit me in Hong Kong somehow and i and we we connected again after a little while of um you know not talking yeah. with one another and here we are um again so it's it's just a, I think it's such a, a refreshing um thing that you're doing uh, which doesn't require any expertise right you're not a podcasting expert <laughs> no <laughs> but but you're you're affecting people in a positive way and I, you don't need to be an expert for that. That's like one of the greatest gifts that you can give to other people, in my opinion, is affect them in a positive way. Yeah, I think between between sending that podcast out, between you replying through WhatsApp um, and sending that message and then a, a, us having a bit of connection going backwards and forwards, 
I think for us then following this up with having this chat today, you know, I didn't necessarily have any goals or intentions for doing what I'm doing, but in the current climate where we're at and what we're doing, I've already achieved all of them actually. Um, and it's not just the conversations we've had, it's also the other conversations I've had with other people, but it would seem that, you know, it's extremely valuable to take the time out to talk to people like you said, and I think massive value in that getting out yeah. of one's own head. Um, and, you know, people will listen. People might not listen. Um, I might be wrong. You might be wrong, but that's okay. You know, we, we're not in this to be right. And I also wonder whether that's also something that I think too many experts or perceived experts or, you know, take, for example, people in the basketball coaching or golf coaching, they're trying to prove themselves right. Yeah, that can be um, uh, that can be an acidic of... kind of uh, difficult environment when when you have people that are trying to prove themselves. Um, and and I've definitely been, I've definitely done that before in in my life, and probably will continue to do it. But you're right. We we uh, we should we should move, try to move towards a place where we're just sharing our, our our ideas and talking to one another and offering support which i think is what you're also doing here and um you know you again you yeah. don't need to be an expert for that no and maybe you know i'm i'm keen i'm i'm conscious of your time i'm also conscious it's nearly the middle of the night for you guys um and maybe drawing this to a close in a, in a bit but i'm also maybe just to follow on that are are we trying to prove ourselves right or are we happy being wrong and, and, you know, I think for me, where I'm at with my stage, whether it be life or work or whatever it is, I'm more than comfortable and happy being wrong. Um, and I think maybe by having that, I'm more open to learning or embedding or understanding more about what we do because I'm comfortable with being wrong. Whereas, again, like you said, maybe earlier on in my coaching career, I was trying to be right and I wasn't that comfortable with being wrong. Never yeah, really I, I, I was spoke, speaking with my friend Nico uh, a few days ago. He's a strength and conditioning coach um, and has been around basketball a lot in Asia and is now in Belgium. Uh, he said to me, because he's coaching uh, kids at the moment, uh, they're doing a lot of functional movement. So they're figuring out a way of uh, helping kids to do fun exercises that help them really uh, do good movements that can help them to flourish as as they grow older and he said to me there is no right and wrong way to do these things so we're talking about squats and push-ups and these kind of fundamental movements that ultimately the kids will build up to doing but there is no right and wrong but why is that because kids grow at different uh, different rates their bones change their bodies change so a kid might be able to do a really fundamentally sound movement on wednesday he goes to sleep grows two inches and on Thursday can't do it but it's really important with young kids that we don't or, or the, I, I think it's important that we that we stay away as much as possible from labeling things good and bad right and wrong um, but be there with the with the athlete or the player or the kid and just be there and have the experience and and really again be open and find out what's going on and uh, and just do our best and uh you know, again, that comes back a little bit to what you were saying of, of being afraid. You know, don't be afraid of being right or wrong, because maybe there isn't one. Maybe there isn't a right or wrong. We're just all trying to do this the best that we can. That's lovely. 
That's really, really nice. Really nice. Well, like you said, we, we, we're probably going to limit it to not a Joe <laughs> Rogan style. That was my goal, man. I was trying to keep you on for five hours. <laughs> I, 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 I'm pretty sure my podcast provider <laughs> only allows a certain period of time. Um, but we will definitely do this again. Um, I've thoroughly enjoyed reconnecting back because it's been a long time. And then being able to do something like this where, again, you know, trying to put some sort of title to it or what it's all about. Bit of parenting, bit of talking around coaching, a bit of labelling, bit of listening. Are you trying to prove yourself right or are you happy? Mm -hmm. So much stuff there. It's so nice. So nice. Um, And like we say, if somebody listens and and wants to... um, listens and wants to talk to you more... um, how can they find you? Yeah, right Maybe now you, you'll find me on Facebook uh, and Instagram. I think my name on Instagram is Rob Newson one four one nine. So connect with me there, I guess, on social media if you want. But if you don't, it's all right. Uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed talking to you, uh, and and thank you for for doing what you're doing because it at least if it doesn't help anybody else, it's having a positive effect on me. So thank you. Yeah, and me. <laughs> and me in a selfish way. Brilliant. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for your time. Um, and we will Can get this out there to people.